0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Today is kind of a special day. We're going to be celebrating both of our ordinances that we have in the Baptist Church today. Certainly you uh, witnessed the ordinance of baptism. as We baptized Zylon and in a few moments we're going to... Uh, Celebrate the Lord's Supper and participate in that. And uh, those are the two ordinances that we have as Southern Baptists. An ordinance is something that uh, is a visible representative or reminder of something that uh, Jesus did, Jesus initiated, and the apostles and the early church uh, carried out. There are really just those two. Some people want to make other things, and some even call sacraments, and sacraments are something that we have to do to be saved, and according to the Bible, there's nothing that we do. It's all about what he did, and of course, he died on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty of our sin. We need to recognize who Jesus is and receive the blessings that he gave us. The ordinance of the Lord's Supper is to remind us of uh, what Jesus did when he gave of his life that we might know God and enter into a relationship with him. Baptism is a picture of what Jesus did for you and for me when we baptize people, when we lower them down into the... Uh, water. It's a symbol of Jesus's death and burial. When we raise him back out of the water, it's a symbol of his, his resurrection and us being raised to a new life in Christ Jesus. And uh, so we get to celebrate both of them today. And I'm going to have an abbreviated message for you this morning, but I hope that it might bring... Uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, teaching about what Jesus did for us when he died on Calvary's cross, that which we are to remember this morning. We, I, I, I changed my mind a couple of times. I first told uh, Cindy to put up Hebrews 10:22 through 25, And then I went back and I said, no, let's move it back to verse 16 through 25. And then I went back and I said, let's go back to verse 11 through 25. 11 through 21 or 11 through uh, 18 is more of an introduction to our message. I believe this is one of the most encouraging passages of scripture in all of the Bible and I thought as we were coming into a new year and we're looking forward to what God has in store for us as Hebron Baptist Church and as individuals we ought to have a word of encouragement and I believe this is one of the most encouraging passages in all of the Bible. I want to begin reading in verse 11 we're in Hebrews chapter 10 And verse 11, it says, And every priest stands ministering and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. In other words, the Apostle Paul was talking to the early Jews who hadn't been converted to Christianity yet. That's what the uh, book of Hebrews is all about. He's writing to the Jews of that day and trying to share with them help them to understand that Jesus was the awaited Messiah, that he was the, thing, the one that the Jewish people had been looking for for generations, and finally he had come. And he was talking here about the priests and the high priests of that day, how they repeatedly did sacrifices, and those sacrifices did absolutely nothing to take away sins. But then he says, but this man, meaning Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever set down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, those who have been born again by that one offering, the offering that he gave of himself as he died on Calvary's cross he says, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Now what he's doing there, he's quoting from Jeremiah chapter 31, and what he, Jeremiah prophesied that one day Jesus was going to come, that the Messiah was going to come, and he was going to set up a new covenant, Remember, the old covenant was made with Moses. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Abraham, uh, at the when God called him out of the land of Ur, uh, out of the yeah, not Ur, Ur of the Chaldees, yes. When God called him out of Ur, he made a covenant with Abraham, and they had been living under that Abrahamic covenant for all these years. But now he's saying that there is a new covenant, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. And then he says, see, that part came from uh, Jeremiah 31. But then after he says that, he says, he adds... Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering of sin. And we wonder why we don't give offerings like they did back in the uh, biblical times. Is because Jesus made that one and lasting offering for us. He paid the penalty. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him he gave himself as that final offering and then in verse 19 he says therefore brethren having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God he says no longer remember the old temple was divided into sections and the innermost part of that was what was called the Holy of Holies and that's where they said God lived they had a they had the uh, the Ark of the Covenant that was held in that and only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and he could only do that on one day out of the year to make sacrifice for the sins of All the people. And what he's saying now is that we have a high priest and his name is Jesus, and he has entered that holiest place and has torn the veil so that we might too come into the very presence of God. And one of the great things about our relationship with Christ is that we need no intermediary. We can have an audience with God Himself anytime we want to. Don't you think that is a Wonderful and an exciting thing that we can come into the presence of the living God anytime that we want. And then, starting in verse 22, this is really where my message is this morning. I call this uh, my salad message because there's a lot of lettuce in it. And it starts in verse 22, and he says, let us... Let us, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope with, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, I want to give you four things that I think are encouraging and things that God is asking for us to be and for us to do as a church, as a body of believers, The first thing that uh, you find there is in verse 22 when he says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance. We are drawn together by the same assurance. We all have this same assurance in Christ Jesus. I think that word assurance is a very special word for those of us who love the Lord because assurance removes all doubt. Assurance eliminates all uncertainty. Do you? I've asked this question many times. Do you know for certain? Do you know for sure that if you were to die tonight, that you'd spend eternity with God in heaven? These things. uh, The 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 prophet uh, the the apostle John wanted to make sure that we understood. That we can know for certain whether or not we have a relationship with the living God. There ought not to be any question in the minds of anyone who has prayed and asked Christ to come into their life as their Lord and Savior. You ought to be able to know and know for sure that you have that relationship with Him. John, in his first epistle, the first. Epistle, Not the gospel, but the first John, the book of first John, chapter 5, and verse 13. He says, These things, talking about the book of first John, he says, These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life in Christ Jesus. That you might know, he doesn't say that you might think about, think you have, or you might hope you have or you might reckon you do, or anything like that. He says, these things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. We are drawn together as a body of believers. He says, let us be drawn together, come together to, with full assurance knowing that we have that relationship With him. God wants you to know. He wants you to have that blessed assurance that in Christ Jesus, when He comes again, He'll receive us unto Himself, that where He is, we might be also. But not only are we drawn together by the same assurance, but we're held together by the same hope. Look at verse 23, and let us consider one another in order to stir up. No, that's verse 24. I need my glasses. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The one who promised is faithful. We were talking about this Wednesday night. Even when we're unfaithful, God is faithful. Amen? Amen. If there's one thing that you can ever trust, if there's one thing that you can ever believe in, if there's one thing that you can ever stake your hope in, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So many times, so many times, we change our minds about things, don't we? But God never does. God never does. Remember we were talking about last week. For God, everything, there's no yesterday and no tomorrow. There never is a was or there never is a will being. For God, it's always right now. He's always present tense. He is the great I am, not the great I was or the great I will be. He is the great I am. He's always present, and he never, ever Changes. Time is something that we invented to be able to relegate or to regulate our, our lives day by day. But with God, everything is the same. And we need to have that unwavering confidence in Christ Jesus. And that's based on verse uh, 28, uh, chapter 9, verse 28 of Hebrews, where it says, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of the many to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin and salvation. In other words, God has promised us, and we can we have that blessed hope. We have that assurance that one day he is coming again. Uh, we are drawn together by his by the same assurance. We are held together. By the same hope and we work together in the same love. If you look there at verse 24 now. It says and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another in order to stir up stir up love and good works. See love is considerate of one another. Amen? Love, because I love you, I I respond to you in appropriate ways. Because I love you, I am willing to do for you the things that you have need of. Because of love, we gather together and we join ourselves and that love precipitates more love. The more we love one another, the more love is going to be precipitated. When we love, hey. When we do acts of love, when my wife does things for me, that makes me love her more. Amen? That makes me love her more. It does, when she does things for me, it doesn't, it doesn't put me off. It doesn't make me want to, oh, I don't want to be around her. When she shows me that she loves me, that makes me want to love her even more. And then, then, listen to this. When I love her even more, that makes her want to love me more. You understand? And that's the way it is. And we love one another. We love one another, and that's what draws us together. We're going to get to that point in just a moment in the last point of this message But love precipitates love. We love God. Why? Because he first loved us. And he showed us that love in Christ Jesus. It's important that uh, we understand that uh, love precipitates more love. And let me tell you something else that love precipitates. Love precipitates uh, more work. Love precipitates good works. When you come to church and you know that this is a place that is accepting of you and loving you, it causes you to want to do more for the church. Amen? It causes you to want to be more active. How many of you have ever visited church and it was cold and dead and nobody spoke to you and uh, everybody just sat there looking ahead and nobody paid any attention to anybody else? Have you ever been in a church like that? Let me ask you, when you walked out of that church, did it make you want to come back? No. (laughs) But when you come into a church like Hebron, and people talk to you, and people love on you, and people care about you, what does that make you? It makes you want to be a part of that. And it makes you, hey... I 'm willing to do what's necessary that needs to be done, because I know that's a group of people that care about me and care about. I know it's not me just caring about others, but they care about me, and that 's the way the body of believers ought to be. That's what that love does. That we're, 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 we're held together. We are worked together because of the love that we have for one another. And that love is precipitated by our love for Christ, which is precipitated by His love for us. The more we love on people, the more we care about people. Folks, listen to me. I hope and pray that you never walk out of this church and not know that you're loved and that you're cared about. i got to say this. I mean, there are times, there are times if I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be faithful to this book, there are going to be times when I have to point out things that some people do wrong. I have to point out, I have to define, I have to let people know what sin is. Amen? I've got to talk about sin. And I need to talk about the punishment of sin. But don't ever, ever, ever walk away from here thinking the main emphasis is me pointing out your sin because if I do that, I do it for only one reason and that is to tell you about the love of Jesus Christ who forgives that sin. He demonstrated that love that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us on Calvary's cross. If you leave Hebron Baptist Church, I want you to walk away from here knowing that those people care, those people love us and love what they are doing for the Lord. We are working together in the same love in verse 24. And then the last thing, we meet together with the same anticipation. We find that in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, let me tell you something. We're one day closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ than we were yesterday. And tomorrow will be a day closer than we are today. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. The Bible says that nobody knows. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that he didn't even know when he was coming back only the father knows when jesus will come again but i do know that every day we get a day closer amen every day we get a day closer and uh and that that ought to encourage us that ought to build a desire in us to meet together with uh, brothers and sisters in christ to worship together to love together to work together, to serve together. There ought to be something about that that brings it. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Did you know, did you know that you're being, if you are a part of this body, this fellowship of believers called Hebron Baptist Church, if you're a part of this church, do you know it hurts the body? When you're not here, when you're not here, it's important that we gather together on those appointed times because we share with one another the love and the compassion. The Bible talks about here about exhorting one another. I'm encouraged by your being here. It always lifts me up when I know that you are being faithful and doing what God has asked us to do. It's encouraging to us. And I believe you too. It enhances our worship service, Brother Phil. When, when people are together and they're singing and they're praising the Lord and enjoying the fellowship, it's, it, he tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together for a reason. We grow together in grace and in the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You may notice. Those of you that have been coming regularly. May have noticed that we took down. Our banner. That was up here. About becoming everything that we could be. In Christ Jesus. We taken that down because. That year. where well, that was the emphasis of last year. This year the emphasis is going to be for the whole year. And we'll get another banner. We haven't gotten it yet. But we'll get one to put up there. And, and that is. The, 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 uh, the commandment that we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My prayer is that this year, Hebron Baptist Church, all of us together are going to grow in grace, grace toward one another, grace to our own families, grace toward our, ourselves even that we're going to grow in grace and in the knowledge. We're going to be studying this book. Folks, listen to me. There's nothing more important than understanding and knowing what God has to say in his word. And we're going to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When it says knowledge there, It's not talking about getting a PhD or or a a master's degree or something. It's talking about knowing what God says in his word. I told you last week that there are over 6,000 promises in God's word to those who believe it. So many people don't experience those promises because they don't know what they are. We're going to try. We're going to try to spend a lot of time in this book this year and uh, grow both in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Let that be a challenge to you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for the blessings that you give us. We thank you for your love in Jesus' name.